you owe it to yourself to do that for your children, for your family, to live longer for them. You know, so they, don't, they don't want to see you in a hospital at 45 years old. You owe it to yourself to be better. Like, we weren't put here to be average. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. We have Mark Ferrelli with us today. I'm super excited to talk to him. I've known him for a few years now. He's become one of my best friends, and I think our wives first met, right? Yeah, I think so, through school. Yeah, so my wife's a teacher, and then they, they met, and then uh, they started hanging out. Then we came over to, to Mark's house during the pandemic. They were one of the uh, few people that would have us over, and then we, we hung out, had a good time, and I've just begun to know Mark as a guy who's invested in his fitness, invested in being a, a father. He's like a, a, he has a really good business mind. He has businesses. So I'm going to ask him about all this stuff. So in my mind, he's like a true rising father and not done with all of his growth. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. You bet. So I've been watching a lot of your social media stuff lately. It's really inspiring. Like you were going after the weights. So I want. I just want to get get right into it. Um, why should a dad be in shape? Well, I'll talk about it from my perspective first. For me, um, fitness has to come first. If I'm not working out or working my body or moving in some way, shape, or form, I feel like everything else kind of it's like a domino effect. If I'm not doing that, the rest of the dominoes just fall. Like. Business isn't good. My relationships aren't as good, whether that's at home or friends. So for me, it may sound selfish to some people, but fitness comes first. That that's why. I mean, you see my posts. I'm there sometimes at four in the morning, sometimes at five in the morning. A, <clears throat> excuse me. I get it done. It's out of the way. I'm there before everybody's out of bed. Um, and B, B for me, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. It gives me more energy. Um, gives me greater focus, greater clarity to get everything done throughout the day. So for me, and I've been working out on and off, been in and out of the gym since I remember riding my bike to uh, the old Gold's Gym in Pleasant Hills when I was 12 years old, when they used to let 12 years old in by themselves, but um, mm-hmm. on and off for, gosh, that's 35 years now. So, I mean, I've had some ebbs and flows where I didn't work out for a couple of years and, and, I, and I saw the results, like everything else in my life goes off of that. The better I do in fitness, the better the rest of my life does. And now, this past two years or so, it's really, um, it's really become my passion. It's really where my life is turning. And uh, yeah, so for me, that's that's what it is. Why do you think you um, started going in that direction the last couple of years? Well, for me, it just gives greater clarity. Um, and I started training. Well, for me, during COVID, it was it was huge for me. Like, um, obviously health is important, right? Um, (laughs) you gotta be healthy and, you know, (laughs) during COVID, we're not going to get too political here, but you know, the the, the (laughs) healthy that we're getting sick. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, we got to get right. (laughs) Um, good to see you holding back. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So in my mind, like, okay, let's get and stay healthy. And then, uh, quite frankly, you know, a buddy of mine asked me to start training him a, a few months ago now, Mm-hmm. Um, very successful guy, but fitness was the one piece of his life that he was kind of not disciplined in that I was. So he asked me to give him a hand and that in my mind, something like there, I'm like, Hmm, you know, this is, this is really a passion of mine. That's literally been in front of me for 35 years. And I never really saw it as that as, as a possible yeah. business opportunity or, you know, to help others. So that, that's, mm-hmm. Over the last few years, that's kind of where it evolved to. And you're getting into now. Are you your for your goals with fitness? Um, like, are you trying to what, what direction are you leading towards? Is it like bodybuilding competition, or is it like a coaching thing? Like, where do you do you have an end goal? It's okay if you don't, but like, are you have to have a goal in mind? Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this now. I want to talk to you about this anyway because I I trust and value your opinion and. And, um, cause we're friends, 
this has all kind of evolved like literally over the last two weeks um, for me. Um, two things there. Bodybuilding, I've always wanted to do a show um, my whole life. I was preparing for a show in my 20s, um, but I got a shoulder injury, which now that I look back on it, I don't know if that injury was that bad. I think I used that as an excuse to back out. Looking back on it, okay, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and I re- never really had the ego for it, you know. I, I, you know, I'm not a guy, regardless of fitness level, to walk around their shirt off. Like, I don't own a tank top. Like, it's just not me. You know, it's just, so it was always hard for me to, you know, be that guy. But to answer the question, what what, what was the injury? Um. It was just a shoulder. I don't, I don't know if I ever really got it checked out. It never was like a rotator cuff. Like I said, I think it was yeah. in my head, a reason for the back. Mm. And I'm just, just being okay. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as bodybuilding, yeah, I, I do want to do a show because uh, it's always been on my bucket list and it's something I feel like I need to do. But um, the second part of that question, for, as far as the business aspect, like I said, this has all evolved over the last two weeks. I'm going to get into some training. Uh, in person and mostly online training. Um, I've been looking at a few courses to take a look at. And um, Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine that I'm training is a very successful businessman. He's given me some, some ideas and some verticals to go. So this is just a, uh, the first step on a journey and a a long work in progress, but I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really pumped for it. Sweet. So like some type of online um, fitness coaching program. Yep. Absolutely. I, I just, Excellent. you know, for me, you know, a big part of my, for me is I, I love to help people. I mean, I, I say that genuinely. A lot of people say that, like, for me, this can fill a lot of buckets. You know, I could obviously help people in fitness, help make their lives better. Mm-hmm. It helps me help them. So it fills buckets for me. And it, obviously it'll make me stay in shape as well. Right. <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Help, help keep you accountable. Yeah. And it's another, it's another, another business vertical. So it's, it fills a lot of buckets all at one time for, for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I know just through rising father, I've become to, I've known so many of the fitness coaches now. Yeah. And some people have, you know, a lot of people want to do it well. And there's a few guys who do it really well, who've got the business side down. Yeah. You know, there's a couple people that take off and other people who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'll tell you later like who i think is doing it well okay um and you know you it sounds like you've got your business mentors that's great yeah but yeah i mean if you can get the uh, like the virtual coaching down like that's the way to do it i mean that's where it is right like yeah you can be a trainer in the gym which is which is fine which uh, i'll probably do Mm -hmm. some of that too but you're you're only yourself for one hour at a time you know there's at the end of the day you still make income right (laughs) You you can only multiply that so much being in the gym you know. Yeah, and you're kind of tied to the hours that you have. Correct. Yeah, you and I both. You know, it's <laughs> that you, doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't work. You, no. That's awesome. Um, so, the last couple of years, you've been focusing on fitness. Was there like someone that kind of inspired you specifically, or was it more like an internal thing? Like, was there like I know there's people even at, at our local gym who are inspirational. Yeah. Um, and really big figures. Like, did you look to one of them or was it more like an internal thing? Uh, for me, it's always been pretty much an internal thing. Um, I've had, mm-hmm. you know, training partners in the past and obviously they help. But for me, it's just, it's internal. It's two hours a day where, you know, I can just do my thing, not think about anything else, life, the world, you know, just kind of decompress and, you know, anti-stress and, and get it done. So for me, it's it's more internal. Um, yeah. I do have some obviously buddies in the gym, but, um, yeah, it's for me, it's internal. Okay. Yeah. Um, why do you think so many, and you'll be dealing with this as a coach, but like, why do you think so many guys can't get it together? Like what stops, you know, a 40 year old guy who's been out of shape from just taking the first step and getting to the gym? Well, I think and for me, like, I think this is where I can help people. You got to look at their whole scope of life, right? Um, like, for example, the, the, my buddy I'm training now, he's very successful in, all, in most other areas of his life. 
So it was kind of easy, easier for him to transfer that into fitness because you already had discipline in other areas, right? So you got, I think you have to look at a case by case level. So if somebody's failing in, in work, they're miserable at work, miserable at home, it may be harder to get them to the gym and work because, or it may be easier because that may be their outlet, right? So I think it's, that's why you need to learn that's on a case by case basis and learn that person's kind of lifestyle and where they're at. But mm. in general, I think it's just where you're at. Um, if, you know, if you're 400 pounds and need to lose 150 pounds and, and haven't worked out in 20 years, well, then it's more baby steps, right? Like if you're drinking six Cokes a day, start by drinking five the next day. Don't try to drink zero. You know, you, you got to take baby steps. Drink five for a week. The next week, drink four. Mm-hmm. Go to the gym for 30 minutes and walk on the treadmill and leave. Like, it all depends on where you're at and where you want to go. And now if, you, if you're someone like, you know, this relatively fit, spending in and out of the gym, well, they need different levels of coaching, right? You got to find out their motivation too. What What's their motivation? Is it just to get in shape? Is it be- to have a better career? Is it to have a better family life? What's leading them to the gym? Is it just to be healthy? You know, people, mm-hmm. you can go there and lift weights and be healthy, or you can just do cardio all day and be healthy. You got to figure out what works on a case by case level. But what's holding people back? I think it's, again, it all depends on where you're at, but it could be the intimidation factor of getting to the gym, not knowing what, you, what you're doing once you're in there, you know, feeling kind of out of place. And I think that's where maybe hiring a trainer could help or getting a buddy just to be mm-hmm. through the gym could help. Um, fear of change. They haven't been in the gym in 10 years. It's, it's fear of change. You know, the ego gets in the way. I, well, I used to bench 350 and I, I could barely push a bar. You know, it's that fear yeah. of not doing what you did before. So yeah, there, I think there's a lot of different aspects to that, but I think it's a case by case basis. And you need to look internally and obviously and figure out why, you're not doing it or you can't get there. So it's like a, an internal mental thing that people have to deal with their own issues. Yeah. And figure out that's tough when you get right. Like, why are you going? You know, what, yeah. what, why do you want to go? Is it just to be healthy? Do you want to put on 20 pounds of muscle? Are you doing it for your family? You're doing it for an example for your kids, you know, figure out that motivation. I shouldn't say that. I hate that word. You know, figure out your motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> figure out your discipline, you know, you know, habit stack too. If you're disciplined in something else, you can transfer that to fitness. You know, well, how are, you figure out why you're so disciplined in, in one area and just transfer that over to fitness. You know, there's, there's things you can move over. So, yeah, it's tough whenever you go to the gym and you see, especially our gym, yeah, these massive, these massive people, yes, walking around. But uh, I mean, you don't know if they're on steroids. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long how long they've been lifting like you said what their motivation is Mm -hmm. and like just getting over that internal hurdle is so hard it's like it doesn't matter right you're on your own you're on your own journey that's right you're at your own point in the process like they they do not matter to you to your family to your life like but it's so hard not to compare yourself to people oh yeah it's it's yeah it's very hard and for me like well a i mean those those big steroid guys like I said, I've been out of gyms for a long time. There's some of the nicest dudes in the gym, like most of them. But yes. You ask them a question, they'll help you. <laughs> I know, but a lot of people are think, you know, because they're they make them look inwards. I think right that that like, oh they're super successful with this yeah. bodybuilding thing. They must be jerks. They must be meatheads. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the guys that are super big and ripped like that, like you said, if you're, they're always the one to ask you, like, hey. Are you done with the machine? Or sorry, I didn't think you were going to to the machine. Yes. The guys that aren't the meathead guys, for me, I think are always like the in between guys. I agree. The ones who are like who aren't in shape, like but they have their they've been working out for like two or three months and they see their first like half an inch of muscle growth, and then they start wearing the tight shirts and all the tank tops and everything, and then they feel like they're the steroid guys. I 100%. So I'm like, oh, I need to act like this. Like, those are the meathead guys. The actual meathead guys are the nicest ones. Yes. 100% agree. <laughs> and for me, man, when I see, when I see, you know, somebody very overweight in the gym, 
it inspires me, man. Like they're there and they want to be there and they don't care. They're in there getting it done. Like they're trying to make a change. Like that inspires me. And I, and oftentimes I'll go up to them and tell them like, Hey, great job. You know, you know what that little one sentence can do for their psyche, you know, just tell them great job or, you know, for sure. I've been here a while. I've seen you. You look great. Like you look like you lost some weight. Like that could change their day, change their life, change their week. Like, for me, like seeing those people in there just inspires the hell out of me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah when I, I was at, um, North park a couple of days ago and it's been like, man, like 90 to 90% humidity around here. And there was a very overweight guy walking the lake. Just looked like someone looked like he jumped in the lake with all his sweat. Yeah. And he had one of those weight weighted vests on. That's awesome. and I, like my, I'm thinking, Hey, maybe that was his first time working out in like five years. Yeah. He was like, today's the day I'm going to do it. But at the same time, I have no idea where he is on his journey. Right. Like I was saying, maybe he, maybe he's been working out for a year and he was 500. Right. Pounds. <laughs> you know, so that's me assuming something about him. But right. I saw him and I was like, hell yeah, man, you don't give a shit. Like you're just, yeah. you're just focused and you know what you want to do and you're just doing it. Yeah. I love it. That's the best. And same thing, what you said about just telling someone a simple compliment, like yesterday at yesterday night at jujitsu, there was this kid, a small kid who just always off the wall, just, you know, I don't know, he's probably six, but never focused, always jumping around. And yesterday he had like the fire in his eyes. He finally found his aggression. That's awesome. And he was roll, he was rolling with someone and you, like, I just gave him a quick pat on the bat, I was, back. I was like, man, good job. Keep it up. I was like, don't. I don't care if he's not trying. I was like, man, you, you do what you're going to do. And he just went after it. Like he, he was, it was like, he took on the strength of 10 men. He just crushed this kid, threw him to the ground before he was just laying on his back, like a puppy dog. Yeah. I was like, man, this is the first time this kid has ever used his aggression. And then like after, after class was over, I was like, man, that's the way you do it. And he was just like, Rah! you know, he was so pumped up. I love it. It's yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Working with kids is great, man. I started, coaching my son's deck hockey team last season, I guess you'd call it. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's yeah. just great. Like to seeing their, the passion in your eyes and you know how they want to try and do well. And you know how you can coach others in different ways and other way. It's, it's really cool. And I know you work a lot with kids in jujitsu. I mean, that's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great for the kids who, who want to learn, you know, yeah, the, for the sure. kids who want to learn and the kids who, are seeing progress yeah have a good attitude it's amazing yep all right um so we talked about like why guys kind of don't have is there something culturally right now we don't have to get political or anything like that but like something that you see in men nowadays that stops them from becoming like maybe they're afraid of being aggressive or they're afraid of you know being strong and afraid of coming to the front in a leadership role is there something that you see like man this is different now than it was 10 years ago this is different now than it was 20 years ago and we don't have to get super deep on this but i think it comes around to fitness and i think you know it comes for sure yeah well it's kind of hard to answer that without getting a little bit political because <laughs> sorry sorry I... I mean i'll keep it kind of i'm sure we agree here but i think just culturally you men in general have been demasculated. Like, you know, they're not that I'm saying women can't step into a masculine role at times, but you know, they're, they're kind of the polarities been leveled out. If that makes sense. Um, there's not this masculine feminine thing like there used to be. And I'm not, I'm not, please don't misguide what I'm saying. here. I'm not saying like, the wives should be barefoot home cooking and cleaning every day, but like there needs to be a polarity at home. And I just think in general, men, I mean, the demasculinity of men is, is an, is an epidemic right now. Um, but we're just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes, but you know, no, that's okay. This is fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just in the way we raise our boys. Yeah. And you know, that's why I think, you know, things like jujitsu and, you know, whatever you're going to do with your kid, Taekwondo wrestling, some kind of aggressive physical nature for a young man is, is of major importance, major important. Mm -hmm. They need to learn 
And I'm not saying they learn how to fight. And I and I've taught my son this when he started jujitsu. This isn't about fighting and beating someone up. This is about protecting yourself and your family. That's why you're doing this. Um, because there's gonna be there's gonna come a time in your life when you're gonna have to do this. It's just it's gonna happen. So I think we need to raise men with an equal amount of compassion and aggression, if that makes sense. They need to be compassionate to people, but they also need to have aggression when needed, if that makes sense. So It does. No, I think this is an important thing to talk about mm-hmm. because it's it affects everything. And, you know, I think if guys weren't so to kind of demonized and um, the masculine parts of themselves weren't looked down upon, a lot of the problems the world has has right now wouldn't be there. I agree. Like if if men felt okay being leaders, and some do, but there's a lot of families and a lot of guys who feel or are afraid to be, truly be themselves, and that stops a lot of good things from happening. You know, it stops them from leading their families. It stops them from leading at work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys are natural leaders but have seen the commercials have heard the people tell them that that's a bad part about them. Right. And then you can see that in young boys. Like I know, you know, we both raise our boys to be strong, masculine, not afraid of their aggression, right. but to control it. Like we want aggressive. We want, I want my I want my son to be aggressive if he has to. Correct. Be, you know. Yeah. And if he lashes out in some unnatural, dangerous way, you just correct it. Like, and that's why we're fathers, so we can correct that behavior. That's exactly right. But if I told him, hey, whenever you're being strong and aggressive and dangerous, that's a bad thing, you know, then I think that would be bad. Yeah. But when we, I see him being a boy, it's fine. Be a boy, just guide it. And then, you know, they're going to screw up. They're going to make mistakes. They're sure. going to occasionally hurt themselves and hurt people. Um, and then say, you just discipline. You know, to have consequence, discipline, but you don't stop the whole thing from happening. Right. I agree. And, you know, culturally, it's an issue too, right, with kids just being planted in front of screens all day as well. And I'm not saying my wife and I are perfect by all means. I mean, we're busy yeah. or someday my- or they got to watch TV for an hour so we can get things done. But in my kids ge- are watching TV right now. In general, it's an epidemic, man. Like, and what's on TV, we don't know, and it's – 95% of it's garbage. And if you look at, mm-hmm. you know, some of these shows that are on and, and even music, some music nowadays, if you really pay attention to the lyrics, it's not, you know, it's, it's about, I mean, a lot of it's about being a weak man. Um, you know, so I, yeah, it just, like you said, it's, it's about discipline and spending quality time with your kids and, and being present. Um, with your kids as well. And, and I, I struggle with that too. Cause a lot of times, you know, I got a couple of businesses, like I got a lot of work to do and there's times where I struggle too. Like I said, I'm not perfect, but man, it doesn't take perfect. You just got to be there, you know? And, and you know, I talked about this before, like the, the way this generation right now, man, if you, if you do a good job with their kids, they're going to have a great life. They're going to have a great life mm-hmm. because, the competition is thin. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. That's the truth. The competition, the competition is very thin. <laughs> I, th- I think about our kids, you know, for, the, for what we do for them and how much time we spend with them and the things we give to them. You know, they're going to they're gonna dominate when they're older. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's... Right? And I'm and not... If you're a dad... That's the goal. I want them to dominate in everything they do. Yeah. I want them to crush their competition. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story. Like we had a deck hockey game and I was like the assistant coach, I guess. And they have like a, there's like an eight goal roll. Like if you're up by eight, the game's over. Right. Well, we were up by like six. It was only the second period. And the coach was like, all right, all right, guys, like settle down. We want to get, it was only like the fourth game. Like we want to get everybody some playing time. I looked at him. I said, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like if they're going to score, they're going to score. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. They could play next game. Like this game's gonna be over. Like we're not gonna teach them not to score. That's not the goal in yeah. hockey. The goal in hockey is to score. <laughs> so he was, just, yeah. he was like, and we had a little conversation afterwards. I said, "Listen, man, I know what you're where you were going with that. Like you want to give them playing time, but that's the wrong message. Like 
you're telling them not to do yeah, what they're on the field or if they're on the ice to do the court to do. Mm-hmm. So if you want more playing time, you got to get your butt practicing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like when I was, whenever I was um, younger, I don't know, eight to 10, I kids in my grade, there were a lot of kids who were way better at me than basketball. I was like, not super cool. I had brothers that I wrestled and stuff with. So I had that kind of coordination, but yeah, like playing basketball, we never played basketball whenever I was that age, but my good best friends were super good at basketball and they would kick my ass all the time. And guess what? I didn't get put into play. So I started jogging to the basketball court and practicing hours and hours and hours a day yeah. until the point where I could hang with them and play and play and start with them on the team. So like, if I wasn't motivated in that way, I would still suck, right? you know, and I wouldn't be able to teach my kids that I play basketball. Now I wouldn't be able to have fun with adults now, right. but had someone say, Hey, oh, Chris, it's okay. You can't play. Everyone's different. Here's a ball. You know, you can start with the other guys that would not have helped me one bit. No, or getting a 13th place trophy either. That wouldn't have helped you one bit. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, yeah. The, and the kids hate that. They yeah. They really it, do. I don't know when or when like I taught, started, but it's a terrible idea. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, my kids tell me, even when they go to those uh, sports camps, before they go, I think last year, uh, my Nathan was like, oh, this isn't one of those places where everyone's going to get a trophy, is it? I was like, I don't think so. That's great. I was like, and if it is, I'm sorry, but I don't I don't think it is. He's <laughs> aware of that, though, already. Like, it should be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> strive to do better and get the real trophy next time. Mm-hmm. And when they do tournaments like hockey tournaments, jujitsu tournaments, like they want to, they want to earn the thing. Like we have, we, Nathan was supposed to do a, a jujitsu tournament this weekend, but there's zero people signed up in his division. So if, you know, if one person signs up, then he'll go and either get gold or silver. Right. So I, I said, I, I woke him up last night. I was like, what do you want to do? Cause this is the deadline. Yeah. I have to sign you up today or can't. He's like, well, let's not do this one. He said, let's just wait until the next one because I want to actually go against people. I was like, thank you. Yes. Good. That's awesome. I don't want to pay 120 bucks, take you to a weekend, have them for this, you know, 50 cent gold medal. So you feel good. Right. Right. (laughs) That's basically what it is. Me paying $120 for this dollar store medal. That's exactly right. (laughs) But I'm glad that he's starting to get that, that attitude. I think both of our kids have that kind of mindset. For sure, man. At a young age, it's, it's vitally important. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it that young. That's for sure. I'm not saying I, I mean, my parents did the best they could do, you know, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that at this age. And I think it's awareness on our part as dads to instill that in them now. Yeah. That just could for sure. benefit them down the road. Um, you talked about your business experience a little bit. Can you fill us in a little bit on your business experience? Like if you own, what businesses do you run right now? What did you, what took you there? Yeah. So uh, growing up, you know, pretty much every male in my family was um, police, fire, paramedic, some military, um, pretty much all of them. And then uh, here I am. I, I joined the fire department at 15 as a junior firefighter because I thought that's what I had to do, right? And uh, when it was time at 16 to become sworn in, I told my dad, I, like, I was scared to death right of this conversation. I'm like, listen, I don't want to be a firefighter. He's like, and I was scared to death. I thought that's, you know, that was in our bloodline. Right. <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm. well then don't do it. Like <laughs> you don't have to do this. So that conversation right there kind of changed everything for me. Like that. I didn't have to fill the family role. Um, I always kind of had that entrepreneurship bug, I guess, so to speak. Like I didn't re- never really liked school. Um, I just wanted to work. Like it's all I want to do is just work. Like I want to go work and make money. So I uh, finished high school, and then I, I was working at a uh, pizzeria. And you know, the guys knew my ambition and what I wanted to do, so I franchised a pizza shop off of them. I think I was 19, 20 years old. Um, so that was kind of my first business experience. Was you know, I had that for about three years. Um, it was fun. I whew, learned a lot about what to do and more about what not to do. That's, that's for sure. Um, Got burned out a little. Shop. Yeah. Got burned out a little bit because, I mean, at that age, I would, you know, work till 10, 11, 12, and I'd go out with my buddies till 3, 4 in the morning and 
sleep three four hours wake <laughs> up and do it all over again so <laughs> sounds like a good time yeah man. oh it was man it was it was fun it was a lot of fun so you know i sold that back to them and didn't know what to school so didn't know what to do so i went to a um went to a business school which was a complete joke uh, it was one of those 16 month <laughs> programs you know uh, just a complete joke um mm-hmm. i already knew everything they were trying to you know <laughs> i just got three years of experience on doing my own thing yeah. so uh i still don't you know now that i talk about this i still don't know if i ever got a degree from that because i had to go do an internship it was downtown of some marketing agency and, uh, this is one of those scam schools that they're refunding tuition for right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess. And uh, <laughs> fifth day is a Friday, and I'm like, I'm leaving. The lady's like, What do you mean you're leaving? I said, I cannot. Like, I can't. I can't be in an office. Like, it's just not. She's like, You might yeah. get your degree. I said, I don't care. <laughs> and I walked out the door. <laughs> so yeah, from then I uh, yeah, went into the back into the restaurant industry, worked for the Cracker Barrel, and then um, business I have now, I distribute wine and liquor for bars, restaurants, hotels. I started with a buddy of mine that didn't work out one of my own. I've been doing that for about 14 years. Yeah. 15th year this year, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. Still in the restaurant industry. I opened a diner with my cousin in 2015. Had that for a couple years. Uh, She still has it. And then um, during the pandemic, kind of had a spiritual awakening. So started an apparel line, which is kind of on the back burner right now, but now that I'm looking back at that, at the time, it gave me something to do um, to keep mm-hmm. mind off of things because the mm-hmm. the pandemic shut my main business down, and to see your income go to zero was it was a little tough. So mm-hmm. it kind of gave me something to do and spread a good message. So yeah, a little little bit of experience, and like I said, I kind of have the the bug and like to do my own thing. So I was never never fit for the corporate role. Like I hear my wife, mm. you know, tell these stories about her work and the issues she has. I'm like, I wouldn't last one day, not one day there. <laughs> so, but Hey, it, I mean, it works for some people. Listen, like, I'm not saying you got to go out and do your own thing. Like there's some people are, they call them entrepreneurs, right? Like they're inside of an organization, but they kind of do their own thing. That organization respects their work and their, their value and beliefs. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that's a great thing. If you can do that and be happy, that's awesome. There's a lot of people that do that. They're not, they're not. Yeah. As long as you're fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. But if you're miserable, as long as you feel good, if you're miserable, get out. There's opportunity. It's 2022, man. There's, there's opportunities everywhere, everywhere. Like I don't, it's hard for me to wrap my head around people that stay in a miserable place at this time we're in right now. Cause there's just, I mean, if you look at things through an abundant mindset, mindset like there's money everywhere to be made. If you look around, you know, especially you know, if you have a family, if you are a dad, like you need excess income, you know, for your family, for your kids. Like we talk about these sports we do with our kids. That stuff's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I if the message I can have like. Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Be an entrepreneur. Find what you love doing and, and work hard for your company you're in. If you're not happy, get out. Like, get out. <laughs> Do something else. Yeah, there's so much great stuff you said. Yeah. I mean, you're. there's some people who are fulfilled doing any type of job. Like, it's when you're, if you are on social media and you follow a lot of business people, you might think, if I'm not a business owner, I'll never be happy. But that, you know, that's not the right message. It's because, because for us and for anyone, like you're always kind of chasing, you know, that inner satisfaction, that inner fulfillment of, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. This is my mission. Mm -hmm. And if you're feel that way about being an accountant, being an engineer, a teacher, anything like you should not leave that. You should continue to do that because like going to sleep at night with a clear head and waking up happy is the goal. You know, that's one of the goals. That's like, if you can get to that point, then stay there. Yep. And if you are trying to make money, extra money for your family, like just think, what am I buying every day? I could be the one selling that. Yeah. You know, my yeah. all this stuff I'm buying on Amazon, all these people on social media that I'm following and 
you know, buying their courses and doing, like I could be on the other end of that. Right. Like there is money everywhere. I'm just giving it all away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could be, exactly. I could be taking all the money. You exactly. Know? Right. Everyone that I interact with that I'm handing money to, you know, I could be, I could create something where some people are handing me money. Right. That's exactly right. And invest in yourself, man. Like you owe it to yourself to invest in yourself. And I'm not necessarily talking about money either. Like we talked about before, it's fitness. You owe it to yourself to be healthy. You know, you owe it to yourself to do that for your children, for your family, to live longer for them. You know, so they, don't, they don't want to see you in a hospital at 45 years old. You owe it to yourself to be better. Like we weren't put here to be average. We were not put on this earth to be average. And everybody, if you really sit down and think about it, everybody, we all know this internally. Some people settle and fall into that disbelief, but you know, like in the other end of it, invest in yourself monetarily too. Like there's, and I'm just talking about a book or a podcast. Some of that stuff doesn't even cost money. Like invest in self-help and growth mindset. And then on the, you keep going, then you invest in some courses for a couple hundred thousand dollars. And learn some new things. Sometimes they don't work. I've invested a ton of money in things that didn't work out. I, I just look at it as a learning experience. So what? I take the pieces I learned from it and go to something else. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at what I've done the past five, six years, you know, tried a bunch of things. And same thing with me, like up into, I lost, we were building a real estate ad agency and the pandemic, we lost every single client, went to zero. Yeah. You know, that was taking off and, um, I don't look at, I don't look at that as a waste. And there's other things I've done even this past year where I've invested thousands of dollars, yeah. made lost money on it. You know, I don't look at it like nothing for me. I'm like, man, what if, what if I did nothing over the past five to six years, who would I be right now? Like I can just have regular conversations with people about online marketing, branding, online business. Like, and then you think about like, man, I know a lot, like, because I've just been going after it. Right. Even if things don't work out, even if things don't work out, right. Like you still, you keep, like you said, you keep on investing in yourself and you're going to learn things. Absolutely. And like you're talking about your fitness coaching business, like you're You know, that could be your thing. Right. Yeah. And that, and maybe if the last two years or whatever you had done things differently, it wouldn't have led you to where you are right now. That's exactly right. That's why you hit the nail on the head there. That's why I, I don't say that I don't, but I do my best not to regret anything because you don't know the ripple effect down the road that it has. Like that happened out over there for a reason to get to here. Like, mm -hmm. And you talked about um, guys settling and I had that specifically written down for you um, because, you know, you're not 22, but you're also not settling in any way. Right. Um, why, like, some guys hit cruise control once they get to a certain age. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 35. My guy, 35-year-olds can either look like they're 18 and ripped or they can look like they're 75 and about to die. Yes. You know. That's right. Um, like, why? There's a bunch of questions here, but why do some guys feel like I hit this age, it's settling time? Again, I think that goes back to society and what we're being fed on a daily basis. It, it's the norm, the dad bod, the the cliche of, oh, you know, get married, happy wife, happy life, have kids, you know, get fat. You know, I think it's just the way the programming is being done in society, honestly. And a lot of guys just fall trapped to that, unfortunately. Um and like you said, hit cruise control. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, in, in my business before the pandemic, I see, I think the pandemic happened for me for, for several reasons, but one of it was for, for me to learn more about my business because in my business life, I was on cruise control. Like I was at a certain money amount, I was making good money, like things were great, I was just cruising. Like whenever everything shut down, it was a big wake-up call, a big wake-up call. And maybe for a lot of dads out there, it's going to take a health crisis, a financial crisis, a health crisis with one of your kids 
or your wife or your mm-hmm. girlfriend for them to snap out of that cruise control mentality, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's kind of like I um I know what you're saying. And I in some guys just never unfortunately some guys never make it. Some guys never get that moment and they change things around. Like there's the there's the thought that things are the way they should be. You know, things happen for a reason, fate and all that. And to a point I agree with all that. But also there's a lot of people who just die out of shape, not fulfilled, unhappy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Like so you at some point you have to take things into your own hands and you know say this is what I want because guess what I'm a year older, you know. 10 years from now, and hopefully I make it to 10 years from now. It's going to be 10 years later. What if I don't have that wake up call before then? Right. Then I'm just 10 years more of what I'm doing right now. 10 years more unsuccessful. Right. And things don't always end up well for people. So for me, it's like, yeah, if I don't do something right now to fix what I want, the universe isn't just going to come and hand me something. Like you talk about motivation. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit in my room and wait for motivation to strike me like lightning. Right. Like, if I want my life to be different, right. I have to actually do something about it right now. Yes. Because if I don't, it may never come. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the universe and stuff. Cause, cause I, I do believe in that. I believe in a lot of traction in the universe, but you the nail on the head. The universe loves speed. Like, you can't sit there and try to manifest money and then go sit on the couch and watch TV for eight hours a day. That's not how it works. The universe loves yeah. speed and action. That's how you get it. You can't just sit there and try to manifest and do nothing. And for me, like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm far from perfect. I have my bad days. And yesterday I was just completely exhausted for some reason. I ended up taking a 30 minute power nap in the middle of the afternoon. I felt, still felt tired. And I'm like, it was getting kind of late in the afternoon. For me, what helps me is I just go, like, just start, just go. Once I start doing something and then the energy comes back and it just flows into other things. Next thing I know, I'm still sitting here at seven o'clock at night or six o'clock before dinner. I'm still working. And I felt much better. Now, could I have sat in front of the TV because I was tired? Sure. But that's not getting me any closer to my goals. Not one bit. And Like I said, I'm not saying it because I'm perfect. I'm just trying to, what works for me, you know? Sure. Yeah. But I mean, you could have just, like you said, sat around and thought, you know, this is my time right now. Right. I'll, I'll see it. I'll see the moment when it comes. Yeah. And when that comes, I'll act. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, there are days or half a days where I do pack it in. Like, I just, I'm not feeling it. You know, I have those days sometimes. I think it's natural to do it. And some days you just got to sit in it. But you mm-hmm. can't have those days over and over and over again and expect to reach your goals. Yeah. Yeah, at some point you just gotta buck up and accept that it's gonna it's gonna suck a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> James James Clear's uh, quote I love from his book Atomic Habits. Great book. He said, um, "Yeah, it, well, I'm gonna might say it wrong." He said, um, "Amateurs let life get in the way; professionals stick to a schedule." I love. It. And that's just. I love. It. Yeah, it's like you know, so many people say, "Oh, you know, life got in the way; I couldn't get to this." Yeah. It's like, well, is it something you do or is it something you don't? Right. Like you. Do you, I love getting joy in the things I do daily. Um, you know, like this podcast, talking to you, mm-hmm. it's fun for me, yeah. but there's also things I have to do for the business I'm trying to grow that aren't fun. Right. And guess what? I still have to do them. I can't only do the fun. Things. Well, nine times out of 10, that's where the growth is, right? I mean, it's doing things that suck that you don't want to do. <laughs> that's where the growth is. So. Yeah. It's whenever... It's working out whenever it's freezing cold outside. Right. Or the days that you're not feeling it and you, you go anyway. For me, that's like normally when I have my best workouts. Like when I'm really not feeling like going, I get in there and I'll have like the best workout of the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. And you guys have done, I know you and your wife have done 75 hard like multiple times. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like that's helped you in that area? Oh, for sure. For sure. Because there's, I mean, you're doing two workouts a day for 75 consecutive days and it's, yeah. Or else you fail to have to start over. And there's, believe me. And coincidentally enough, like we've always done it in the winter. I don't know if it's psychologically, I want to 
Weapons to be harder. Or... Just to make it harder. <laughs> you're, you're doing a walk when it's five below outside and snow, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Still doing it, so. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try that at some point. Yeah. We're, um, uh, would, would a jujitsu session count as a workout? It would count as an indoor workout, yeah. Not an outdoor. Okay. outdoor. I mean, I'm pretty sure you sweat enough. <laughs> it's a good workout. <laughs> yeah. No, I did, I did it uh, twice you just do twice, twice yesterday. I went to 12, one to nice. And you get, oh my God, you get so sweaty. And for me, I hate jogging. Yeah, me. Like, I really don't like, I really don't like running. I admire the people that that I do. And I'm, I see these people jogging around the lake and I'm always, I'm always like, man, good for them. I should start jogging. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, you do jujitsu. Don't jog. Yeah. <laughs> That's your cardio. <laughs> yeah, this guy's, I'm not. Unless I'm being chased or chasing someone else, I'm not running anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I could probably use some, like, sprinting. I should probably sprint. Um, I just feel like being able to move fast is good. But I've been doing the knees over toes program. I got I did, was doing it for six months straight. Uh-huh. You know that guy, knees yeah. over toes guy? Yeah. I did yeah. an exercise of his this morning at the gym, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on Rogan and everything, but. Like before my surgery, I did it for six months straight, and I was tell you what, I was jumping pretty high. Really? Like, not to brag, yeah. But yeah. I was jogging, jumping pretty high. <laughs> and I felt really good, except one time I was at the, uh, I was at the the park with my family. And I was feeling so confident, so strong. I jumped up. This was after like six months of doing. It. I jumped up really high, tried to grab the top of this um, swing set. And I did, but I mean, like the tips of my fingers reached it, and I stuck on, and then my legs flew out in front of me, and I landed on my ass <laughs> in front of like a hundred parents. And then, of course, Nathan was laughing at me. Sarah was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm fine." <laughs> I was feeling a little too confident. And then I stopped it over when I had my surgery. I stopped it, um, and then I've been doing it for the past month, and feels so That's good. Awesome. I'm trying to. It's there's not a lot of weightlifting with this. It's more like just like being able to be athletic. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to do that with my legs, nice. but yeah, I love that. I think it's funny. Um, it's great how he kind of reversed the science behind that. Right. Like, I mean, I'm 47. When I started training, it was never knees over toes ever, you know, like, yeah. And he, like, he just completely reversed the science and didn't he like heal himself from terrible knees or something like that? That's what he says. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, his story is that he had all these knee operations and issues with his legs to where he could barely function. Wow. And then he started doing these exercises and now he, you watch videos of him. He can like dunk and do oh, all kind of crazy stuff. Insane. Yeah. That's my goal for next year is my next year. I want to be able to dunk, dunk from the sitting, which is, <laughs> which is mean, meaning me having to make severe progress with my vertical. So it's just a goal. If I, if I can't dunk, I'll be able to jump really high. <laughs> I'm five six, brother. I don't know if any knees over toes. <laughs> like Muggsy Bogues. I need a trampoline down there somewhere. <laughs> uh, if you can learn how to dunk, then you need to stop everything and start a dunking yeah, program. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. It'd be very motivational. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a question. Workout question. Well, how do you feel about hit training? Like Mike Menser. Do you know anything about that? I love it. Um, I don't do it often, but I do incorporate it um, here and there. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely effective. Um, you know, it's relatively short, and the results are results are good. Like, and you can do. There's so many different variations you can do too. It's it's kind of fun, right? You can get a lot of stuff done in 20 minutes and burn a ton of calories. Um, I've actually been yeah. doing it. I do the stairmaster for cardio, so I've actually been doing it on there. Like I'll like speed up for like for a minute and then slow down speed up slow down speed up and I, i've noticed i mm -hmm. calories i burned are like 30 percent higher just from doing that and i did some of that on 75 hard too on the outside i bought a um because you get tired of walking like the weight of vest and whatnot right so we bought a just a, a bike to pull out in the driveway and ride so i would ride the bike real hard for like five minutes get off yeah. jump rope medicine ball jumping jacks back on the bike and it was effective it was really effective mm -hmm. uh, I, I like it yeah i've been trying to do my upper body weight training over the past month with that because it's not as 
You know, you're not at the gym yeah, every single day. Exactly. And I felt just because I'm still recovering with my freaking shoulder, sure. like I went, when I was going every single day, it would just be constantly sore. Yeah. And I felt like I was, I felt like I was backtracking. Yeah. But now that I'm at the gym less, doing it more way slower, lifting way slower than I was before. Yeah. Like I'm still as sore as I was before, like my upper body and chest and stuff, but I feel like my shoulder is more mobile and stretchy, oh, which is the goal for me. Good. Yeah. And every, so, every body is different, right? Like you got people have to find out what works for them. You know, like hit training may be great for somebody and may not be good for somebody else. Lifting heavy yeah. may be great for some person and not great for somebody else. I think it's just, it's good to experiment, figure out A, what you like. That'll get you to the gym faster if you do like doing it. And B, what works for you. Everybody responds to every food differently, weights differently, cardio differently. I think it's important just to experiment on things. Yeah, the only thing I, I don't like about it is it's not as fun to lift. Like, I love, you know, just pumping out some dumbbell yeah, presses. Yeah, yeah. You know, see, seeing your weight increase and doing all that. Yep. This, this, this way is just like painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to max effort. You're supposed to stop whenever you can like, can't even do one yeah. more rep and all that. For sure. Which I also like that feeling, but it's also just fun to just watch your weight go up with the dumbbell oh, presses and all that. Absolutely. Kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think we can, uh, wrap this bad boy up. It's been awesome, man. A pleasure talking to you. I really, it's awesome. We were able to have you on. Yeah, man. I, um, is there anything you want to, uh, tell people about to find you for any social media, anything like that? Um, it's at Instagram's at underscore Mark Forelli, Facebook's Mark Forelli. Um, yeah, pretty much my name everywhere. Um, yeah, this new day apparel, if you want to look at some apparel that I have is Christian based clothing line. And, um, yeah, look for some online training coming coming soon look for that um, also i'm excited yeah this new day podcast which i'll have you on here shortly so uh sweet yeah talk a lot about uh growth mindset there and how we can help people through uh you know faith in god gratitude and giving so i'm looking forward to having you on there awesome yeah yeah i need you to send me a, a ripped photo of you that I could use as a cover <laughs> For my for my YouTube thumbnail. All right, I'll do that. It's <laughs> gonna go right in the center. I'll do that. And then I gotta get a good title for this one. <laughs> I'll do that. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you, and I look forward to being on your podcast. Yeah, man. Love it. Thank you. I right, see everybody. Bye. -bye.